that back turbo. Welcome, everybody. Episode two of the Pick and Roll Podcast. I'm Cliff, and I'm joined by Carter. Yes, sir. And uh, we appreciate everybody who tuned in to our premiere episode. Today is Tuesday, June second, two thousand and twenty, and we know that there are some uh, uh, just some crazy things going on in our country right now. But we uh, wanted to uh, put out a new episode, and hopefully. Uh, just kind of distract you guys distract uh, if only temporarily so um, yeah let's uh, get right into the show shall we yes sir are you okay today <clears throat> I see that you seem to have some sort of problem but uh, that's uh, neither here nor there Maybe something that happened at birth. No? People can't hear a facial expression. Anything you'd like to add? If there's something, if there was a facial expression you could hear, it would definitely be that one. Okay. So, uh, let's uh, get right into our first segment and cue the music. Okay, and that means it's time for some more football talk. And uh, episode one, we went through our top five quarterbacks in the NFL. So uh, I th- it was only right for us to stay with the theme of uh, our top fives. And we're going to go with the running backs today. And before we get into it, let me just say that uh, in researching and putting together my top five list, I think that I found that there is a serious lack of elite running backs in the NFL now. I mean, is that just me? But it seems like the uh, the elite running backs of the past are kind of a foregone uh, thing these days. They're all old now. Well, there's just not as much emphasis on the running back position because now teams are using uh, quarterback two, sometimes even as many as three running backs in their offensive schemes. So you don't have that one guy who's just – uh, dominating and and carrying carrying the load anymore, but I think that most of the guys in my top five are still uh, those kind of uh, those kind of guys who are going to carry the bucket uh, for their team. So let's get into our top five running backs. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, Carter, do you want to you want to take off on this one? We're going from five to one. So let first let's hear. Who did not make your top five? Uh, who was in consideration, but who didn't make it? Uh, there were really three that were in consideration. Uh, that was out- the same for me. Um, first, we had Aaron Jones, who at first made it, but after rethinking it, I had him probably number six or seven. Nick Chubb and Alvin Kamara. Yeah, Nick Chubb. We were uh, looking at numbers yesterday, and uh, I guess I just somehow forgot that Nick Chubb ran for 1,500 yards last year because, I don't know, was it more of the fact that Cleveland was not a good team or that most of the uh, <clears throat> most of the attention went to Baker Mayfield and his problems in uh, leading that, that offense? No one likes the Browns. Well, I mean, Cleveland fans, I, I think they do. Hopefully. 
<laughs> yeah, you would hope. Uh, okay, so you had Nick Chubb. You had, <clears throat> excuse me again, good grief. Alan Kamara and um, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones. I had, uh, man, who did I have? I've already forgotten. <laughs> These guys, are they irrelevant? No. You had Kamara, um, right? No, I not not on my outside. On, on the outside, I had uh, Dalvin Cook. Uh, <laughs> you're giving me a smirk. Oh, uh, man. I know I had Dalvin Cook for sure. Uh, oh, Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon. Was one. And I really, really um, wanted to fight to put him in my top five. But um, I still think that Joe Mixon is a, is a top-tier running back. Uh, he just needs a little more help in Cincinnati, but maybe Joe Burrow in there at QB will uh, <clears throat> help smooth things over for him. And to clear this up, we never talk with each other about our selections, That's but right. we did talk with people that we thought were outsiders <laughs> and close and up there in the running backs. So we d- we still didn't show each other our lists, but we had to discuss who we thought would have made the cut. So, so that's right, absolutely right. We do these independently so that uh, we can have a forum for uh, for discussion here. So why don't you go first uh, and your number five uh, running back coming into the 2020 season? My number five is Dalvin Cook. All right, so I got him on the outside. You've got him on the inside of your top five. Anything to uh, to go along with that? I mean, he's just solid, uh, seeing that Kamara didn't play as much last season true. and didn't even start all the games he did play in. Very true. What, he uh, started nine games and I've, played in 14? Yeah, so I had to put Dalvin Cook up there because he is one of, if not the biggest player for Minnesota right now. So I agree. Um, for me, Dalvin Cook, I had him on my outside, but honestly – you, I could have had Kamara and Cook as like a 5A and 5B. A co-5. Yeah. Um, I have uh, Alvin Kamara as my number five. Um, regardless of his uh, his injuries last year, um, I think he's still deadly as a runner and a receiver. Um, I mean, if you get if Kamara gets an open space, you know, it's uh, that's, that's danger. I'm going to be interested to see how he bounces back, though, from the injuries because, you know, running backs – uh, durability is the thing. And, you know, when you miss half of the season like he did, well, he didn't miss half the season, but only really started half the season, it's going to be uh, it's, it's going to be a test for him to, uh, to get back to the level that he was at. So Kamara is my five, but could have easily been uh, Dalvin Cook. I mean, really could have could have easily been Joe Mixon, too. I could have had a five A, B, and C. But for the sake of argument – we went I went with Alvin Kamara. So, number four. And I will go with my four. And man, I really wanted to bump this guy up more, but um I think we have the same person. Uh the, he's he's a one dimensional back. I love this guy. Um yeah, I do too. Uh one dimensional. So that kind of uh um you know, kept him down, uh, in my opinion. Although he was the uh, uh, leading rusher in the league last year. <laughs> One of the last true bruising running backs in the league. But he's deceptively fast. Uh, he has fantastic vision uh, for a ball carrier. He can he can cut back on the dime. And uh, you know what? To all you defenders out there, you've already, already learned. But there's no arm tackling here. You may be ready to wrap this dude up. And my number four is uh, the defending NFL rushing champion, Derrick Henry. The Flash. The Flash. The stiff arm king. Dude, just oh, brutal stiff arm. And it's funny that you say that because, in my opinion, 
this top four running backs is a lock for me. I, I could not have changed this top four. There's no way. <clears throat> and my number four is also Derrick Henry. All right. He's just a beast. Yes, absolutely. Destroyed Baltimore in the uh, divisional round of the playoffs. Earl Thomas, mostly. But <laughs> uh, we still love you, Earl. It's yeah. okay. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, so give us your three. And I think we're going to have the same three in our top threes, but I'm curious to see if we have them in the same order. So, so this one <laughs> might be a little bit controversial because this dude, he had, what, 100 and 100 last year? Yeah. But he had almost, what was it, almost almost 500 touches? 430. Uh, he didn't have 430 touches, but if you add the targets in the passing game, they tried to give him the ball 430 times. So, obviously, we do have the same number three. Dude had almost 450 <clears throat> targets on the field. Yes. And that's not to say he's not good. but Oh, he's fantastic. He had, a, he had amazing stats. But this is one of those players that I think his durability he won't he he won't last long because he's the key player to them right now. He's going to be getting all of the targets next year. Uh, it's Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. So I I, I just had to put him in my number three because I think I think there's two running backs better than him right now. So yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, McCaffrey, no doubt, uh, a great player. Had a great season last year. Uh, I do raise the number. Uh, or raise the the point that he had so many more touches than these other guys uh, in this list. Uh, I mean, they they targeted him, whether handing the ball or throwing it in his direction, 430 times. The next closest out of my top five was 60 behind, so 370. And so, I mean, you give a running back 60 more opportunities, and yeah, the numbers are gonna are, are gonna boost. He's great, but. His numbers are are helped by the number of touches he gets, and that's due to lack of uh, of options in that Carolina offense. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I'm concerned about durability, about him uh, taking that many hits. Um, I, you know, I don't wish anything anything bad on him because he, you know, he appears to be a fantastic guy in the locker room and in the community as well. So another stiff arm king. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, my uh, number three also, Christian McCaffrey. So, do I need to go to number two? I mean, it's yours. All right. Uh, It's tough, man. And you know what? Ultimately, what separated my number one from my number two was durability. Yeah. Um, That's what it had to be for me, too. Last year, my number two uh, missed a few games. And and it's kind of the same situation to McCaffrey you know he is the the central point of that offense and he's also the second and third option in that offense because there's just nothing around him he is a phenomenal athlete a phenomenal specimen um he's gonna have a great career if they can put some more pieces around him so he didn't have to shoulder the load but Saquon Barkley I put him at number two Um, if he had played a full season, he could have quite easily been number one. But, uh, yeah, Saquon at number two and uh, not behind the number one spot by much. Uh, yeah, my number two is also Saquon Barkley because, like you said, he's the number one and two option on the team. I mean, yes, they have a top five tight end, in my opinion. They have an up-and-coming quarterback who's had a solid year last year. They still have Sterling Shepard, who is – he he you can't rank him below average like he's he's a good receiver but Saquon Barkley is the target he is the guy for New York right now and if he keeps getting as many targets as they're giving him 
and he keeps getting these ankle injuries like he's had, he, it's just not gonna it's not gonna last long. Well, but, and you I'm know, glad I don't you brought up bad on him. No, so. no, no. I, I'm I'm glad you brought up Sterling Shepard because I think that he is a uh, he's a he's a solid go-to. Uh, but man, that Giants offensive line is an absolute mess. And until they get uh, Daniel Jones, um, some guys that can protect him and give him time, he's never going to be able to find guys like Shepard uh, down the field. So. Mm-hmm. Who he's is gonna, kind of a deep threat for him. Yeah, and so he's going to have to keep dumping that ball off to, uh, you know, to either his tight end or or to Saquon. So, uh, as a Cowboys fan, we certainly don't wish that the Giants uh, improve <laughs> any any more than any more than they do. So, but uh, yeah, we wish the best for Saquon. Phenomenal talent. So you're number one. It's going to uh, be the same as mine. It's going to appear to be a very biased choice since we are Cowboys fans. But go for it. Yeah, call it bias, call it what you want, but this this guy, he's he's proven to be the best. Oh. He, he's been one of the best, if not the best, since his rookie year. Yeah. Uh, the dude can truck, he can hurdle, he can stiff arm, he's yep. fast, he's he's quick off his feet, he finds the holes perfectly, he complements our O-line well. Even after this year, I'm sure he'll do well with a couple of our O-line pieces missing oh, yeah. or hurt or old. I'm sure this dude will... This, he'll still light up the field, and that's Ezekiel Elliott because he is an absolute monster on the football field. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's the uh, consistent production for Zeke uh, year in and year out. Even in the year that uh, he missed a handful of games with the whole um, you know suspension and everything. His he, yards per carry that year was insane. He still came back and in the time leading up to the suspension and afterwards – uh, he was the best running back in the league uh, that season as well. But, yeah, my thing was Zeke. And, uh, yeah, it's going to appear biased because we're Cowboys fans, obviously. But you feed this guy, and he's going to produce. And mm-hmm. usually, um, you know, when he hits 100 yards or he scores a touchdown, the Cowboys win. And uh, I think t- – you brought up the uh, the point of you know the offensive line taking a couple of hits uh, in the offseason. but Frederick, just think about uh, the pieces that were added on offense. Um, you've got Blake Jarwin coming into his starting role. I love that guy. <clears throat> There's another threat. We both love Blake Jarwin. Uh, you've got Ceedee Lamb um, in the draft. My favorite and player in the NFL, Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup, a deep threat. Amari Cooper, uh, one of the top receivers in the game. One of my and other favorite just, players, Tony Pollard. Yeah, when you when you add a couple more pieces to an already uh, you know top flight offense in the NFL, which I think the Cowboys led the league in scoring last year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and we probably will this year um, too. You're talking about a running back in Ezekiel Elliott who's just going to get chances, and there's not going to be as much focus on him because there can't be. You can't you can't put all the focus on Zeke and uh, and take it off of those other guys. So. Consistent production from Elliott. Um, he, he, he's a monster. And uh, I think he's certainly proven his case uh, for the number one spot. So I think he'll be one of those <clears throat> running backs that lasts a long time. I, and this might be a little bit overkill since he's been in the league for just a few years. But I think by the time this guy retires, we'll be able to call him one of the greatest of, of all time. He, he's certainly on that pace. And, and yeah, yeah. Um, Staying healthy is the number one thing, and that's uh, and Zeke has you know done a great job of taking care of his body. He does a great and job of uh, <clears throat> positioning himself when he's about to take a hit, so that he doesn't take yeah he 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 takes uh, the the least amount 
of uh, of trauma to his body. You know, he, he's great at doing and that. And he's but not a turnover machine either. No. <clears throat> he does not want to let go of that ball. No. Um, but, yeah, Zeke, uh, the, the model of consistency at the running back uh, position. So, boom. We both got Zeke on top. Yeah. Uh, those of you who aren't Cowboys fans are going to call us out on that. But you know what? Sorry. We don't care. Sorry, do NFC East. Yeah. Sorry, Eagles fans. You guys Ugh. haven't had a running back since – Shady McCoy. Don't worry. Y'all got y'all one. Y'all got y'all one now. Yeah, we'll see. He's a rookie. You he's, can't say yeah, unproven. But, uh, yeah, so that's the NFL segment. And next week or next episode, oh, it's all about the receivers, baby. The receivers. And I think this is where we're going to have some some, uh, some some guys in some different spots. So be on the lookout for that. Episode three, we will take a short break. And when we come back, we will continue the show. All right, well, we wanted to tell you uh, a little bit about a fantastic organization called Simply Seattle. And um, I can tell you from personal experience that Simply Seattle is, uh, dude, awesome. Um, Let me first tell you about who they are. Uh, Simply Seattle is the place to find all things Seattle. Uh, They got gifts, souvenirs, sports gear, apparel, gift baskets, man, a whole lot more. Um, For Seattle's locals and guests, uh, they curate the best of Seattle its local stars, and rich history. 28 years of successfully serving Seattle residents and guests. That's what Simply Seattle brings to the table. And Carter, I can tell you from experience, because I've got a couple of hoodies, I've got some stickers, I've got a couple of the uh, uh, protective face masks coming in the mail. And I know that you are uh, always saying, hey, can I have something from Simply Seattle? Because I really need one of those hoodies. Aren't they awesome? They are fantastic. They're very, very well done. Uh, very comfy. As a matter of fact, I've got one on right now. I got my Bring Bring Them Back Sonics Forever uh, hoodie on that uh, I actually got, um, you know, for being such an awesome supporter of Simply Seattle. So Simply Seattle takes care of their uh, customers. They will take care of you as well. Currently, they have uh, uh, some offers going on. They are offering free Uh, protective face mask uh, or face coverings uh, to all of their customers. They have them in a a variety of different um, themes. They have uh, University of Washington colors. They have Seahawks colors, Sonics colors, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, They also have non-sports related kind of themes with those. Uh, They are offering these masks for free, uh, Carter. They're only asking that you pay a standard uh, shipping rate for each one. They also are featuring their Supersonics collection right now, and that is uh freaking awesome uh they've got a whole uh gary payton line they have a whole line of uh sean kemp rain man um apparel going on and they got the 20 dollars hoodies Uh, and i got mine you guys out there can get yours if you are uh, a lover of seattle like we are then this is the spot that you need to go to for sure you can find simply seattle on the web at simplyseattle.com on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, it's all the same. They are simply Seattle. And I suggest you get out there and get yourself some Pacific Northwest Pride apparel and uh, get your shop on at Simply Seattle. Yeah, that website, the website is very well organized too. I did not have trouble finding anything when I went on that website. And you know what I love about the website too is that it kind of serves as like a uh, visitor's 
uh, like a tourist guide because on the blog that they have there embedded into their website, they give all sorts of, uh, uh, of tips for people who want to come and explore some of the nature and uh, a lot of the cool things to do in Seattle and outside of Seattle as well. So uh, stop by the website, simplyseattle.com, or uh, check them out on the social media channels at Simply Seattle. We rep it, we live it, we are Seattle. All right, guys. Uh, we've got a, a, a little bit of a hot topic uh, as far as sports is concerned, especially for us because uh, we are we are huge Blazers fans and fans of uh, Damian Lillard. And there was a little bit of uh, controversy, I guess, if you want to call it that, um, with the NBA announcing <clears throat> or the NBA trying to put together a plan uh, to return to play. And... Um, one of those plans uh, kind of eh, didn't didn't go over so well with uh, some of the some of the teams, some of the players on the teams who may be out of the playoff picture. And uh, if you're listening, you're probably familiar with it. But um, one of the plans had them basically just playing out the rest of the season. But uh, well, not playing out the rest of the season, but uh, taking the playoff matchups as they as they stand currently. But having a few games to get acclimated. But basically what you have is a situation where players who are out of the playoff pitcher, what is the point? You know, what, what what's the motivation for them to come back and play meaningless games? And that's exactly what it was. Um, Damian Lillard, of course, plays for Portland. Portland, a team that's a few games out of that eight seed. And, uh, and you know, you read what he said, Carter. I mean, what basically – he said, what's the point of us coming back and, and, you know, risking ourselves for games that aren't going to get us anywhere? You know, they're meaningless. So, um, first of all, your thoughts on that, Carter, and then we'll go into um, <laughs> the controversy, so to speak. I think he's absolutely right. This guy's a winner. This guy's a leader. And if we know there's no point in putting your body on the line if, you, if there's nothing to put it on the line for. Right. So, he, if they don't give him a chance to come back – and I think they already have confirmed a 22-team comeback, have they not? Uh, I don't know if it's confirmed yet. It just seems like things are things change every day. I don't think anything has been confirmed. But I think the new idea was yeah, the 22 new idea team return. 22 teams. And yeah. I think the point of him, the point he's trying to make is if he can't make the playoffs, what's the point? Well, it's the equivalent of uh, – you know, just take a regular NBA season where there's no stoppage, but it's the equivalent of shutting down, uh, like in the NFL, it's the equivalent of shutting down Saquon Barkley when the Giants are out of the playoff race and there's two games left. Why, why risk injury to your franchise player? And that is absolutely what Damian Lillard is. He is the cornerstone of the franchise right now. He's the face of the franchise. Why would he want to go out there, risk, uh, you know, potential injury, risk his future? Uh, for a team that looks to have a pretty good future going forward. Especially having already been injured this year. Yeah, exactly. Um, missed a considerable amount of time with an injury. And, uh, you know, if the games aren't going to matter, then... What's the point? There's no point. So, we have that. And then you had this moron, <clears throat> former NFL quarterback. And I use that term loosely because this dude played in like nine games. He's known for running in, in the back of the end zone. Yeah, his most famous... Uh, uh, accomplishment in the NFL was uh, 
dropping back to throw and running out the back of the end zone. Self-safety. <laughs> the old self-safety. Um, yeah, and that was unintentional, by the way. It wasn't something he planned. Oh, God, the Lions were trash. Wasn't that the 0-16 season? Were. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Lions are trash. But anyways, Dan Orlovsky, yes, and all of his knowledge, <clears throat> calling out uh, Damian Lillard after uh, Dame made his comments about you know, not playing, nothing to play for. Calling Damian Lillard entitled and selfish and and what? A spoiled brat. A spoiled brat. First of all, Dan Orlovsky, who are you? And second of all, I I know Orlovsky has come back and already, you know, apologized for his comments, whatever, but, I mean, that's just another example of one of these uh, talking heads on these sports shows. Because he didn't want to smoke. No, he did not want to smoke. But, I mean, these guys, sometimes they just fly off the handle and say stupid things. You're talking about one of the least entitled guys in the league, Damian Lillard. This dude worked for everything. everything. I read a story where he was held gunpoint in high school. This dude came from Oakland. Oakland, yes. Held gunpoint, and now he's one of the top players in the NBA. He worked for everything he has. And well, I mean, he's entitled. He you know, he uh, he he wasn't heavily recruited out of high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ended up going to uh, uh, Weber State, right? Mm-hmm. Weber. And, uh, and and yeah, I mean, going from a from a small college like that, a mid major, like you said, uh, into what he is today, and that's uh, you know. A top-tier athlete. It's like calling C.J. McCollum. It just bothers me. You know, when you hear these people who are supposed to be, you know, quote, experts, unquote, rattle off at the mouth. And uh, why do they get people like Dan Orlovsky talking 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 about the NBA? Or, you know, shut your mouth. Trying to talk about someone who wants to be on the bench if he can't come back, where Dan Orlovsky sent his... Okay. I'm sorry. We were interrupted here. Come here. Come here. This is Hannah. This is my this is my youngest, and Hannah, <clears throat> I would actually value her opinion on this subject, even though she's only three but beautiful. I would value her opinion on this subject more than Dan Orlovsky. Yeah. Hannah, how many times have you self safetyed in a game? Say zero. Nothing. Say none. I'll be right with you, sweetheart. Let us finish, okay? All right. <clears throat> okay, I'll be right there. Oh, yes. Okay, but back to what I was saying. Dan Orlovsky talking about someone riding the bench where he spent his whole career, by the way. Yes. Well, he does know about the bench. I mean, he's, he does. They, he, I think that there is still a bench in the uh, in Ford Field in Detroit that still has his butt imprint in it. Probably his name on it, too. And a clipboard there with his, uh, with his stupid face on it. So, hey, Dan Orlovsky. Shut up. Shut your face, all right? Don't disrespect Dame. Uh, he, and then don't become a, a baby whenever he calls you out on it and then just try to take everything back. Boy, he, he could not backpedal fast enough. He backpedaled on that faster than he uh, ran out of the end zone. So, uh, uh, mad respect for Dame. Uh, we, Of course, Carter and I, we love you. My idol. Oh, dude, I'm supposed to be your idol. Oh, okay, both of you. Okay, well, that that seems sincere. Thanks, buddy. All right, uh, well, that's all we got on that. Uh, I think we're pretty much in agreement that Dan Orlovsky can shut his face forever. All right, we'll be right back. Oh, oh, my. 
my goodness, it is time for our weekly 2K, the 2K update, and I had taken three L's in a row, but I can say with a lot of pride that that streak is over. The Rockets are not good on 2K. Well, see, that's what you get for going, uh, for having us pick random. So, Carter, of course, if you're not familiar, this is Winner's Choice. Uh, Carter and I are head-to-head -head 2K uh, series. Winner gets to choose uh, what teams or, you know, how they're chosen. So, he chose random uh, for the current teams. He got the Houston Rockets and all of their uh, lack of big man inside. And uh, I got lucky enough to redeem myself with a team that I'd already lost with, and that would be the Lakers. 88-81, Lakers win, and Carter's win streak has come to an end. But you still have a 3-1 series lead, so. And let me go ahead and say something. Why is Isaiah Hartenstein not on the Rockets? <laughs> he's seven foot, and he's on the roster, and he's not on the Rockets in 2K. We need someone to fix it. Can we talk about just how much of a factor Alex Caruso was in that game last night. He had like night. four points. Dude, he picked uh, Russ's pocket like three times. Yeah, because they made him actually decent on there, which he's not. He did not get the opportunity to yam on anybody, but uh, uh, LeBron not. did. LeBron, multiple yams. Well, I hope so. So did Russ. Russ had a great game, but... Uh, uh, James Harden shot well. James Harden did well. But in the end... It I think it was the, matter. you know who it was that made the difference? It was the rebounding. It was the big guys. It was AD. JaVale. It was Dwight Howard. But I think more importantly of the three, you're right. It was JaVale McGee. That dude was a monster. And we talked about it there in the game, about how much fun it is to watch uh that, those that three big men, yeah. Those three big men play for the Lakers. Oh my God! Please bring the NBA back so that we can watch. I miss hoops, man. I miss sports in general. But more importantly, hoops, man. We were just a playoff yeah. time. All right, so three-one. Carter still has the lead, but he's uh, taking the most recent L. How about, do you feel? How do you feel about that? I feel like because it now it's my choice. Next it was, game, it was going to come eventually. Well, yeah. I mean, eventually. Are we going to uh, talk about the third game though? There is no third game. Oh, man. No, we don't have to touch on that. All right. So, yeah. We, <laughs> the third game was like a week and a half ago. It was right after episode one. And Carter, it was Carter's choice. And you chose a uh, a past NBA Finals matchup, right? Yeah. 96 Bulls, 96 Sonics. And uh, your Bulls absolutely destroyed me. I could not get anything from anybody except Sean Kemp, who had a monster game. But I still lost by 25, 97 to 72. Pretty sure Jordan had 60. <clears throat> Uh, Jordan had whatever Jordan wanted. Jordan was out on the court smoking a cigar and dunking over people in his golf shoes. If Jordan wanted to make rules for the NBA, Jordan can make rules for the NBA. As much as I love the Sonics, I will tell you that in that game, Gary Payton was, was a no-show. That was Shrimp was horrible. And who else? Well, pretty much everybody. Uh, you had Everybody that. not named Sean Kemp or uh, Sam Perkins. So that was fantastic. Hersey Hawkins, eh, yeah, he was all right. But, you know, you'd expect the guys, GP, Shrimp, to step up. No, they did not. Did you not Thanks have Max that. in? No, well, he came off the bench. I don't remember what he did. I just remember I got beat down by 25, and that's the biggest uh, margin of victory in the series so far. So congrats to you. But, hey, it's my choice next. 3-1. All right, that's all we got for the pick and roll uh, this week. 
uh, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. We appreciate everybody for tuning in. If you are planning to participate in a protest of any sort, we do uh, just uh, want, want you to be safe out there. Protest peacefully. Protest peacefully. Uh, speak up for what you believe in and uh, love everybody, right? That's what it's all about. It's equality. Right at bat, Turbo. Um, Carter and I strongly believe that uh, the best way to, uh, you know, to live together is to love together. So whatever you do, do it peacefully. Don't become part of the problem. Uh, become part of the solution. We love you all, and we will talk to you again next week. Later. Bye.